Paul Show, episode 34. Summer is finally here. All the birds are singing, and Scott is caught up on New Japan Dominion. Almost. But hey, it's better than nothing. And we are back to our normal, well, regularly scheduled programming. Yay! Scott and Paul Show, we're back in black. Yeah, what the fuck ever I expect. Scott and Paul Show. Scott and Paul Show, episode 34. Scott, did you download anything? Um, I'm still hurting from your intro, but anyways. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Did I download anything? No. I'm, I, just, I was just getting ready to, and then you told me it would suck my bandwidth up. Well, yeah, because you're on sudden suck. What do you expect? Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, yeah, Resident Evil 7. Man, the screenshots look really good. I haven't watched the video yet. It's it's going to have to happen soon. Um, this game's got some hype going. Uh, Resident Evil 7 demo. Uh, Two million downloads worldwide if you are a PlayStation Plus subscriber. And it is the single... Well, see, it was the most downloaded single-player demo on PlayStation 4 in the first seven days. Um, of course, the demo itself is not anywhere in the game. So we have no idea what the game itself is actually like. Well, this should be scary. There's probably going to be some zombies. Um, there's so many of these games. This is the, the departure for this one is you're unarmed, right? You are unarmed. Yeah. So, I mean, that's. We mentioned it. I no think we mentioned Umbrella it. Corporation in this demo. None of that. Yeah. I think when we talked about um, E3, we mentioned that you're unarmed. And I talked about how games like Outlast and Alien Isolation, which Alien, you had weapons, but they were distractions they were good for the robots or the androids and good for the oh i'm sorry let me get it right is it synthetic is that the word we use no that's the word bishop prefers but the androids and the um the other human survivors but they came with a huge cost when you used them um but you know there's game like atlas you have a camera that helps you see that's it so there is a camera on this one yeah so there were some Silent Hills games that were like that. You just had a flashlight, right? Um, I mean, yeah, your ability to defend yourself is extremely limited. Get through in the, the first few. The fog bullshit. 
Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. I'm glad to see him go that direction. Of course, once the game comes out in January, it could just you know be completely different. Yeah. Yeah. Come back. out. It'll be like Sunset Overdrive with zombies. Because <laughs> that's what that's what Resident Evil was slowly going towards. Without even before before there was a Sunset Overdrive, there was almost Resident Evil Seven. Yeah, that's that's what you were going to get. Yeah. Except Sunset Overdrive was an excellent game, whereas with Resident Evil, you're going to be sitting there going, you know what? The mechanics of this game are really solid, but it just doesn't feel like Resident Evil. So, yeah. I'm glad that they've seen that they're losing a lot of steam with this, the last few releases and they're getting back to the roots, but also they aren't afraid to try something new. And the first person perspective is really ballsy on their part. Just dropping the action adventure format is ballsy on their part. Well, after how many games now? Well, Resident Evil Five is uh, was a freaking action game in the day. <laughs> I mean, you spent most of the game in brightly lit interiors, and I play with games on low brightness. The way the developers, you know, when they say set your gamma settings, yeah, which I can't remember if you can do that, but I don't ever turn gamma settings up so I can see everything. I play through them as dark as they are supposed to be, and that game just did it have redeeming qualities. Yeah, it wasn't a piss poor game by any means. But it was a, It was just another action game. It was. A, it was an above average action game. So it had some great moments, no doubt. It's a good game. Six was a step in the wrong direction for sure. So, which uh, six even tried to find? I think they did. I mean, one of the best decisions about six. And I don't think six is quite as bad as the the general consensus was when it came out. I think it was just kind of shocking that it was a step back overall. It was an action movie. But it was an action movie, and it, I, I'm not a fan of any of the aesthetics, hardly. There's a few things in Resident Evil 6 that I liked, but mostly when you get back to the fact you had different characters that played different experiences, I thought they did really well with that. It's just each individual experience wasn't all that well executed. Well, the, they were they were serviceable with them for the most part. Well, the problem was you would have to go back and redo a lot of the same shit. I don't want to yeah. go back and fight the same boss that I just did two hours ago. Mm-hmm. That's- yeah, but you had some very – there were some very distinctly different campaigns in that, and yeah. they, did, they did well with that. But, yeah, like you're saying, sometimes there's too much overlap, um, especially if you're going to change your whole style of game. I mean, you play Chris's um, – well, was it Chris? Was Chris in six again? Yeah, he was in six again. Yeah, you Chris. play his perspective, and it's like a lot like playing five. It's not bad. It's not great. It's just good. Um, a little less polished than five. But then you play, I believe it was Leon, and you're playing more of the traditional Resident Evil type game. They, there were some good ideas. And then but, the, the chick was like a stealth campaign. Yeah, and I only played a little bit of that. But then you get Resident Evil Revelations 2, which seemed to me to take a step back, not a bad step back, but a step back towards more like Resident Evil 4 and and kind of bridging the gap between 4 and 2, or 4 and like 3 and 4 and Code Veronica X. Um, 
but it was polished. It was it was a lot better, and it hell, it started out at what twenty or thirty bucks, something like that. Yeah, and you also get the two player mode on Resident Evil Revelations Two. Is one character has weapons, and the other character has a flashlight. So you got to work together like that. So you had some asymmetrical gameplay on there. And me and my son, he at first he balked at the idea of not being the one with the gun. And then once he saw some of the things I was getting to do as the little kid with the flashlight, he was like, I want to play that side. And I was like, all right. And after that, he never looked back at the gun side of it. So, you know, Capcom's done a lot of things right. It's just the overall package has suffered. And... I really want to see them return to their horror roots because the Resident Evil Six, whatever the hell they were called, bad guys were just atrocious designs. Atrocious. It was just the big monsters were cool, but like the the enemies you had to fight on a repetitive basis, they just sucked. They were terrible. The Jawway or Jago or whatever the hell they called them. Well, and then five, you got the stupid zombies riding motorcycles and all that crap. It's like all the bad things about John Romero's later work. <laughs> yeah. The if you want to play it on VR, may get lucky. All the headsets are now completely sold out. I might get to play it on VR in 2018. Is that what you're saying? Well. October thirteenth, the is when the PlayStation VR headsets go on sale, sell at retail, and of course all the online outlets. So this year, yeah, this year. Well, if it doesn't sell out like a Wii, I'll I'll play the wait and see game and see if what's the price on that thing. There's bundles. And okay. There are the standard headset. I think it's four hundred dollars. Yeah, if I see there's going to be some interesting support for it, some new stuff, something original, you know, um, I can get I can go for that. So, right now seems to be better supported than Oculus. Yeah, I mean you got Resident Evil right off Jump Street. There's, you know. I think, thirty or fifty. Games out by this year's end. Now, right. some of it's probably shuffleware, but yeah, because Connect had a lot of freaking games that came out for it, and yeah. I don't really blame the developers for a lot of those games. They did release a lot of shovelware for Connect. I blame Microsoft for releasing some tech a little bit too early. The Microsoft, yeah, on the Connect. I was talking about. Oh Connect. yeah, Connect. Yeah. Yeah, it, it didn't track well enough. You didn't stay synced well enough, no matter what you did to your room. No matter well, what I you blame did. Microsoft for you had the when when they got the software, the hardware for Connect, they went with the uh, cheaper version of it instead of the good version of it. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen some of the games where like some of those games, like when you had to hold your arms up for a long time, start getting like lactic acid buildup, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like you know. And then it would have been nice if you could have had an option to switch those to the 360 control. Yeah, but they they have that um, mindset that you can't use anything. It's like, but I want to hold this object in my hand like a lightsaber. No, you can't do it. That was retarded. 
give me something, some weight so I can swing my lightsaber on screen. And nope. yeah, there should have been a first person lightsaber game. Um, you know, I don't know. It was, it was, there were some good ideas. And I think in the future, you'll see something like that again, that'll be successful, but it's not going to be in the next couple of generations. They blew that load in May of 2013. <laughs> well, it was fractured but whole, right? Right. Right. Which will be 8 to 12 hours long. Did you like the last South Park game? Didn't play it. Scott. I have not played the Stick of Truth. You are a horrible reviewer. I Man, I, you know, I can't, I can't play everything. And, uh, but the, um, well, if it had an amiibo, you would have played it, right? If it had an amiibo, I'd have bought a damn collector's edition for Japan and yeah. I had to. So, yeah, I would have risked yeah. customs ripping that shit open and charging me a bunch more. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, if, uh, that's a game that has been on my buy list forever and I'm just, just waiting. It's just I no, believe, no reason. It's like I just picked up Walking Dead season two this past weekend. I believe so, I mean, there's a, some type of gimmick where if you buy fractured butthole and you get uh stick of truth with it. Uh yeah, it says you can pre order it, receive the stick of truth. Is that digital or disc? You know me. Um I would still play it like that. The uh, good thing about being into the retro gaming uh, type thing, I buy the new systems. through the PlayStation I Store. I don't have to have the newest games, but I'm a couple years behind on next on South Park. So December sixth. Yeah. Did you play Stick of Truth? Yeah, I played a couple hours of it. But it's... um, I don't like turn-based games. RPGs, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I forgot you're weird. No, I just... Why can't I just go and beat somebody's ass? Because rules. Fuck rules. (laughs) That's why I'm waiting for... Uh, Final Fantasy 15. So this goes start beating some ass. Yeah, yeah. I can't think of a genre that I really dislike. I'm a pretty. I pretty much like everything. Um, sports games. I mean, I like them, but they have fallen off my radar in the last seven or eight years. For the most part, Mass Effect because it binds everything. Yeah. I like um I still play racing games off and on. Um when they lost the NCAA stuff for football, I kinda of ducked out of playing the football games. Yeah. Uh, I've I haven't been into a baseball game, which I hear the show is like really good, but I haven't been into a baseball game since like Super Nintendo PlayStation One days. I I can name one I really fucking hate. Tower defense. You hate tower defense games? I fucking hate goddamn tower defense. Yeah. I like I like tower defense games. That's what fucking ruined Brutal Legend for me. Game was going fucking great, then all of a sudden here comes fucking tower defense right in the middle of like what the fuck seriously? <laughs> and you never what? picked it up again, did you? No, it's like you fucking ruined the entire game. Why did you put tower defense in the middle of this fucking game? 
right in the middle of a fucking boss battle. Why? What the fuck? Fuck you. I'm glad your fucking game division went to shit. Fuck you. I like the entire gaming experience. I like I'm dance games. To fucking buy the game on Steam and use a god code just to beat the game and say fuck you. I like um I like a pretty much I like card battling games, but I don't play them very often. Like um Hearthstone is really good. Yeah, uh, I can't really get into those. Too many rules. Yeah. Well, the the thing is you kinda gotta I don't know. They're pretty good. The strategy is what I like about them, but I don't. I don't like playing them in real life very much because I can play a game of um, Uno, yeah, Uno, or I could, you know, in in a few in twenty minutes. But like my friends that have that magic, I've never actually sat down and played with them. I just can't stand to be in the room with with those guys when they're playing. So I've never gotten into magic or any of that stuff. Now, like the story based games, like uh, the legendary encounter stuff. I like that, and I like like uh, which I guess Pandemic's more of a board game than it is a card game. But I like Pandemic. Of course, it uses cards. But as far as like strictly Hearthstone Magic style stuff, I like Hearthstone. I, I just don't think I can get into the other stuff. But I haven't played her. I played Hearthstone like super hardcore for about three weeks. Like I couldn't like I couldn't mm-hmm. sleep. I was like. That computer would power up really quickly if I hit that power button and I could just play Hearthstone a little bit longer. And then I realized I was like, you know, I'd spend two or three dollars on a pack and I, I, I bought two or three packs and I was like, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> Blizzard will not have ultimate power. <laughs> and damn, someone just let off a bomb over here. Um, did you hear that? That's Bethesda. Yeah, that was Bethesda firing a shot across the bow. Um, but speaking of bombs and Blizzard, how about the Warcraft movie? <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. See, that's what happens when you're making in hell. That shit, though. Yeah, when you had 10 million active subscribers, you probably should have released that movie. Or 11 or 12. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's faded. But anyways, we were talking about... Um, well, that proves America doesn't fucking matter anymore when it comes to the movies. No, no. Yeah, I was. I haven't seen Warcraft, but I will. I won't see it when it's in theaters. It's going to be out too soon. Um, but At least uh, in America, it will be. Yeah, it's it's forty five million. Jesus Christ, man! I have a headset on that sounds loud as shit. Yeah, I can hear it. Well, Mr. Right-Wing America is about to get his AK. <laughs> Somebody's over there setting off fireworks. Damn, our subscription numbers just started dwindling. <laughs> oh, guns. Our subscriptions are actually going up, so it's fine. That's good. Um, the Yeah, my neighbor has a shit ton of money, and he buys like $10,000 worth of freaking fireworks every year. This, they're loaded. She's like a, a medical director of some like oncology office and he um is an engineer so really nice people but he probably has some leftover shit he's blown up but his 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 firework show is really good every year it's, it's good lord <laughs> <laughs> okay so i've heard ninja turtles warcraft and bfg go off in the last five seconds in my outside my house well you got a kiss concert going on out there all the bombs 
Um, <laughs> so, uh, well, if, if you're a foreigner, this is what America sounds like every day. It yeah, sounds right. It sounds like fucking Fallujah outside. It sounds like metal and death. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No. This is Sorry, guys. This is Chicago. Show. I should be safe. Um, yeah. yeah, they uh, they they spend a lot of money. They're really good. So they invite all the kids over and do all that stuff. Last time we went, though, this really obnoxious drunk lady kept wanting to hold my baby. And is that she what didn't you understand the penis? Yeah, she didn't understand the word no. So, and she's like his um, sister or aunt or something. And she uh, she's well, there every year. So. This guy, Scott, we all know this. Yeah, we don't go over there anymore. She's creepy as fuck. So, sometimes if we know she, she's not going to be there, we'll go. But we didn't go this year because it's rained like the freaking monsoon in Vietnam. Um, well, speaking of yeah. Vietnam, some things you can't get out of is a new Sonic the Hedgehog game. Uh just give it to Nintendo already. Or Naughty Dog. <laughs> My keyboard uh, fighting me. Uh, confirming that it's working on a completely new game, Sonic Team has, which this is not the original Sonic Team, which has is confirmed that it's working on a new Sonic the Hedgehog and it will be out in 2017. Well, here's the hoping that... Uh, they uh, spend a lot of time on getting shit right and making sure it's not buggy. Like, Lost World's not a bad game. It's just not a very good game either. You know, and what killed it more than anything was some stupid bugs. Like, you're, um, when you jump and you try to target something, you end up going over a ledge because you get highlighted for your um, homing attack or whatever, and you hit the button, and it's blinked, and you're locked on, and then Sonic, then the reticle disappears, and Sonic falls to the freaking ground. Yes, I'm talking about Sonic Lost World in 2016. Yeah. But, you know, it's relevant to the conversation. You know, hopefully they create, which I think Nintendo had something to do with, what was it? Was it EAD that helped them with that? I'm, I'm trying sure. to think of who it was. Some, some, there was something involved. But anyways, you can see the influences from Mario Galaxy for sure, but let's hope that they make sure it's not real buggy. Uh, that's that's the biggest thing they could do to help Sonic right now, just QA, uh, quality assurance. Because I haven't played Sonic Boom, but I know it's a broken, buggy-ass mess. I mean, you know, Ubisoft developed Sonic Boom, clearly. <laughs> Details about the upcoming title yeah. will be revealed at the Sonic 25th anniversary party that's set to take place in San Diego on July 22nd. We're told... The event will be live-streamed on Twitch. This, of course, is PlayStation Lifestyle. In a recent interview, Sega said that it's determined to, quote, take Sonic back to where it used to be. Chief Brand Officer Ivo Gersovich said that the company wants to go across all platforms and, quote, elevate, end quote, the character status further. Apparently, Sega is putting a, quote, huge emphasis on quality. Well, let's hope so, because, damn, it, there's, there's just so much potential with the series. Um, <laughs> you know, Generations was such a huge step in the right direction. It's a very good game, and then you end up with just several very lackluster titles. So, Yeah, Generations was good. Yeah. If you haven't played Generations, go play Generations, like yesterday. 
I think it's like eight dollars. <laughs> it's just not too expensive on Steam. Yeah, yeah, and on Steam it's it's. Jeez Louise. Uh, some big fireworks. They released, or apparently they've changed law here in this state about the type of fireworks you can purchase. So people have got a lot bigger shit. So what you can purchase in state. So there's a lot more of it. it used to be. Like this guy would drive to like South Carolina or something to buy the fireworks. So that's why it's so loud, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to America. Uh, it's a great movie. Rent it. America. Or is that coming to America? It's coming to America with Eddie Murphy. You younger whippersnappers need to pick that movie up. Yeah, you goddamn millennials. Honestly, I don't think anybody younger than fucking 30 listens to this show. Yeah, probably not. If you know a millennial, direct them towards that movie. It's your yeah. public service your um, duty for the week. Uh, Netflix and the CW Network confirm a new agreement. Um, this new relationship spans across all current CW series as well as future programs produced from the network during the term of the new agreement, which begins with the just-completed 2015-2016 broadcast season. Starting with the 2016-2017 season, Netflix members will be able to stream full seasons for each of these programs beginning just eight days after each show's season finale. Programming available to Netflix members will include all three new series on the CW's 2016-2017 primetime schedule, Frequency Note, Morrow, and Riverdale. Uh, DC series Legends of Tomorrow, Supergirl, which... Will join Arrow and Flash, and the network's critically acclaimed Jane Diversion and Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. The roster will also continue to include Vampire Diaries, The One Hundred Eyes Zombie, The Originals, and Rain. So, for those of you who just want to skip watching it on the weekly basis or the doing like what. Some people like to do and just watch it online and use ad blocker. <laughs> <laughs> you can just wait until Fuck it's all done and watch it on, on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited for that because I prefer to binge watch stuff. It's just I prefer my TV series like Hookers and Cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Scott, while we're already, even though I haven't finished Daredevil yet. And it came up. Uh, what do you think about Riverdale? Have you heard about that? What's Riverdale? Is it- Riverdale, that's Archie, right? Yes, it is. So so that they're updating. Uh, oh, Riverdale. God. They're updating Riverdale. What, they're going to have fucking non-cisgendered restrooms? Fuck I, off. I, I think it's kind of like... Um, <laughs> the word update just makes me want to just strangle somebody. No, I think it's basically like a Twin Peaks version of Riverdale. <laughs> okay, that's fucking awesome. What? <laughs> Twin Peaks version of Riverdale? I think so. You know what I think? You just made a great connection for me. The current social climate in America is a Twin Peaks version of Riverdale. Holy shit, that's amazing. So it's just going to be a movie about regular America then, right? Or TV show. Is this a movie? That's a TV series on CW. TV series? Even better. Googling Riverdale. Riverdale. 
Uh, let's see here. Teen drama, of course. It's Archie. Is it going to be a live action or a cartoon? Live action. Live action. October 3rd, written by Archie Comics. My I'm God. interested. Shit. It's the 4th of July, bitches. Not really. It's the 5th Berlanti's of July. doing it. He's so I mean he's doing everything else. Any of you any of you um people from outside the United States of America. Um Luke Perry's in it, motherfucker. So I'm in the South. So this will probably continue for about the next week. <laughs> because this has been all hours of the night. Like at three o'clock this morning I was hearing bat noise. So Yeah, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to look into that. So I like I like Archie. Archie's good, clean fun, except when he's getting shot by gay hating white people. Especially you know that, oh, when you know you're happened, right? fighting the predator. You know they had that, right? Yeah. Yeah. You killed him. Yeah. Um The Predator, yeah, I forgot about the Predator. That was like a uh, I think you can get that like with GameStop points or something. Archie versus the Predator. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, well, we got a lot of death going on here. Present, present day and based on the iconic Archie. Riverdale is a surprising subversive take on Archie. Exploring the surrealism of small town life, the darkness and weirdness bubbling beneath Riverdale's wholesome facade. <laughs> Why the fuck not? It's going to sound fucked up. I'm, I'm down for it. I'm I'm game with it. I'm game for this. The promotional artwork has it looks animated. It could be. Or is that a, is that a, is that a um, picture of the actual live actors done in the Archie style as promotional artwork? I thought it was Archie people. live action, but maybe it is. Hold on, a minute. no, Luke Perry. Mary's. Yeah, uh-huh. Luke Perry's supposed. To, I thought it was supposed to be live action. I'm looking just to, it looks like it may be. Hold on. It does not say anything about being animated on on this website that will not be named. Yep, it's not on the Wikipedia page. Oops, named it. Uh, it doesn't say one way or the other. I know I'm not seeing anything saying that it's animated. All right, sounds great. I'd watch it if it was animated, though. So... A creepy ass Archie series. That's that's pretty awesome. It's gonna be like Hemlock Grove meets Archie. <laughs> people eating people's guts so they can get high and have visions. Yeah, here it is. It's Riverdale. Uh, it's not a sitcom, but it's a one-hour drama inspired by Twin Peaks. Holy shit! That's amazing. Who was the genius that thought of this? Berlanti, the same guy who's doing Arrow and Flash. That's amazing. That is amazing. That is so amazing. All right. So anyways, you guys, if you guys didn't hear it the first three times or two times, it's amazing. So um, that's pretty awesome. The other mostly used word. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. October 3rd, I will um, not watch this. <laughs> <laughs> but when it shows up on Netflix due to their new deal, I'll uh, probably binge watch it. 
wonder if it'll push uh, Supernatural into the uh, grave. I don't know. But somebody who's not in the grave is Samurai Jack, as he's bloody as fuck and ready to kick some Jack's ass. Jack's back. Samurai Jack. I don't know if that's right, but it sounds it felt good. Yep. By the way, since we've been gone for a while, this is old news, but we're trying to catch up. Um, this was... I don't even know where the fuck he wrote this at, but this is from... Where did he write this at, Scott? Does it say? Tartakovsky? Tartakovsky, yeah. Quote, I would love to finish the story of Samurai Jack. I feel like people are still kind of interested in it, and it's nice that after all these years, people are still responding to it. Like two generations down almost from it being on the air for the first time. I know the conclusion in my head now. I've worked it out, so I'm trying to find what the perfect vehicle for that is. Um, the Millennials may actually know this one. Yeah. Early, uh, Samurai Jack promo image was released. Just Google Samurai Jack promo image. And Jack yeah, looks like a Jedi master with a beard, long hair, covered in blood sword bloody sword yeah he's uh ready to fuck somebody up i dream of the day that one of these internet guys is like you know what the old samurai jack series needs for every sword to be a lightsaber (laughs) and go back and re-edit the whole series (laughs) (laughs) just watch samurai jack just annihilate shit with a lightsaber um yeah which we got to see a little bit with the original clone wars animated shorts yeah i remember mace windu um, Segway leaping into the middle of the uh, battle droids and just annihilating them barehanded with yeah. the force. It was amazing. Uh, and there's that word again. See, um, guys, if you uh, want to get really drunk, probably this episode, uh, tip a beer every time I say amazing or awesome. I'm going to try to keep you sober. Yeah, wait till he gets to the New Japan show. <laughs> <laughs> if you get drunk, yeah, you're welcome. And, um, Segway. I used the we, segue. We we don't know when this Speaking show will be out. Speaking of Mace Windu. But you haven't gotten to the uh Superman story yet. But <laughs> we don't have to go in order. Because <laughs> you don't like rules. <laughs> no, I don't like rules and neither does Mace Windu because, because of the fact that he ain't dead. That's right. Uh, yeah, Mace Windu lives. That when I saw that, I thought they're making a Mace Windu movie. They're making a Mace Windu movie, or he's going to be in like a cartoon or something. Um, but Mr. Jackson doesn't believe that uh, that he died. So, and I'm saying that in the movie world, if you don't see it explicitly, it didn't happen. I saw a guy flying out the window twitching. So, yeah. Um. To quote Mr. Jackson in favor of the Jedi Master Survival, this is from LRM Online. What's LRM? Latino Review. Oh, Latino Review. Holy shit, Scotty Edwards. Uh, Jedi can fall from amazing distances, and there's a long history of one-handed Jedi, so why not? Um, He did not, in fact, say, holy shit, Scotty Edwards. He did say Jedi can fall from amazing distances, etc. And George Lucas approves of Jackson's arguments. George doesn't have anything to do with Star Wars anymore. George is like, I'm okay with that. You can be alive. There you go. 
taking a spot, guys, in Star Wars Legends, Mace Windows Alive, according to the uh, the father of Star Wars. That's how, that's how I'm going to consider it. Because I still don't think Kit Fisto died. I, I think he just got gutted and turned into a cybernetic Sith destroyer. Who finds his... What kind of damn race was he? Who, Kit Fisto? Yeah. Shit. I feel so... Wasn't he a Twilight? He's a Noctilin or Nautilin or something. He finds his Noctilinity and... Turns back to the light side. There you go, the end. So, but um, yeah, Mace Windu. Uh, yeah. Why does this news make me think of the worst racist joke anybody ever told me? This was one that someone told me at work. I'm not going to repeat the joke. This guy told me this racist joke, and it was so mind-numbingly offensive. And I usually just brush that shit off a lot of times and just ignore it just walk away from it. The, the, there was an incident at work and uh, this story has, has reminded me of that. I can't tell you the words that made me think that, but it's terrible. You know, here's a problem I have with this. Samuel Jackson has been nothing but trouble. First, he wants this, a different colored lightsaber than everybody else. And then he's like, well, I don't want to die either. I don't want to go out like a bitch. Remember I don't that? blame him. But he didn't go and, out and like then, a bitch. And now he's like, well, I don't want to die either. It took Darth fucking Vader and the Emperor to kill him. That's not going out like a bitch. I, maybe if he hadn't, when he was sitting down in front of the mic, when they were dubbing this and didn't go, ah! <laughs> maybe it would have been a little different. Maybe it would have been like, when he went out the window, do a little bit of Batman voice modulation on the way down. Maybe, but yeah, he's the problem was he didn't die like a bitch. He screamed like a bitch. And I think that's his problem. <laughs> you did. <What'd> you uh, <laughs> I don't get it. But whatever. Can you just be happy? You were in like Three movies. And he's got he's got a reasonable cult following for the character. I mean, they did some good stuff with the character in some books, comics, and other media. And and honestly, he was good in Revenge of the Sith. I mean, performance wise, he I, I thought he did well. I thought he did very well. So I, I he, he don't really have anything to complain about. It's like one and two, you might as well have not even shown up, bro. But in part three, I thought he knocked it out of the park. So good job, bro. But it's like, oh my god! I'm speaking Hawaiian, so don't get angry. No, that's when right. you're like, uh, I don't know if I was George, I would just shut the fuck up. No, you're dead. I killed you off for a reason. All the Jedi have to die. Yeah, yeah. You died. Yeah. The, the more Jedi that survive, the the le- the the more the impact is lessened on what they did in Revenge of the Sith. It was already lessened enough, <laughs> but, uh, you know, when we glossed over it. I mean, I didn't have to see every single Jedi die because the movie's about the Anakin's conflict. The problem is I don't see much of Anakin's conflict in a fucking movie, so you might as well show me how more Jedi died. Um, the biggest sin, the two biggest sins of that film are not developing his conflict enough in that single film, even though I know we had some stepping stones in the previous two films and that's stretching it for Phantom Menace to call them stepping stones to the dark side. Um, 
And we've heard for years how Jedi were just exterminated by Vader. And I know that he hunted them down afterwards, but the scene in the temple was just a little too short, in my opinion. They could have cut some of the lightsaber fights down in half and kind of shown us, show me why Vader's so powerful. Don't tell me he's powerful. Show me he's powerful. And that's like the number one rule in storytelling, whether you're, you know, show the audience, whether it's a novel, a cartoon, or a freaking feature film, show your audience. And he got his ass kicked in all three movies. (laughs) So, eh, whatever. He's got a good reputation, I guess, for being a badass. Uh, Hey, Dooku. Yeah. Superman has been found for Supergirl. Uh, Tyler never heard his dude's name pronounced. Hochelin? New Superman goes into the Google. Well, and I get oh, Lois Lane died. Yeah, the uh, from the George Reaver, George Reeves Superman, Noel Neal. Yeah, dies at ninety-five years old. Rest your soul. Congratulations on living to ninety-five. That's awesome. Uh, let's see here. It's in the Google Docs. Yeah, I know, but I, I want to feel like I'm being proactive here. Um, Ho Hochelin, H O E C H L I N, Tyler Hochelin. He was from the uh, Teen Wolf MTV show, I think. Where the fuck it was on? Yeah, I'm not. I hope he can act, as I usually say. Some of these pictures, uh, gosh, dang, he does look like Superman. Yeah. yeah, he's not Tom Welling, but uh, he. I hope he buffs up a little bit, but he definitely does look like Superman, at least in the face. Yeah, I'm still winning. Brandon Ralph Ruth, whatever I can never pronounce that guy's name. Brandon Ralph. Yeah. I'd just love to see him do it again. And Tom Welling. I mean, you I guess he's fucker. so busy. You dumb fuck. Hochland, Hockland, Hochland. Probably Hockland. Amen. I'll say Hockland. 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 Um, be the first actor to play Clark Kent on television since the end of Smallville in 2009. Has that been seven years already? That was seven years in May. Wow. That was a good send-off. The whole episode wasn't really that good, but the last 15 minutes, they did it right because the show was about Clark. Um... I have not watched the TV series Teen Wolf. No. So yes, Twitter is definitely behind this casting too. Well, of course, they're all teenage girls. Well, idiots. Freedom-hating idiots. Well, this shot here, the guy looks pretty big, but he just looks small big. He doesn't look like buff big. Uh. Brad and Ralph was big, Brandon Ruth, Ralph, whatever. Ralph, yeah, he's he was swimmer. Big, so. he just wasn't cut. Like this guy's cut, but he's not. Like Henry Cable's been injecting some freaking. Uh, oh yeah, he's got hormones into his freaking ass. Yeah, there's anything wrong with that. And that dude is freaking built. 
Um, I would like to see Henry Cavill actually get some good writing and see what he can do with it. I would like to see him do a movie that has nothing with Zack Snyder involvement so he could do a real Superman movie. Yeah, that, that would, would be, be awesome. If only Ben Affleck loved um, Superman. Superman as much as he does Batman. <laughs> I remember being horrified when I first saw that Ben Affleck was going to play Superman. Wow. And he actually was pretty decent in that flick. And then I'm like, Superman? That would be awesome. Yeah, I think I can totally buy that. Totally buy that. Well, the one thing you will never get is probably a Goonies sequel. And are there people like chomping at the bit for a Goonies sequel? Because. Well. I mean, the Goonies is a fantastic movie, but I mean, we're talking how many years now? Years. I mean, this doesn't seem like the type of property you could really expand into multiple sequels like you can a Star Wars or something like that, where there's this huge universe. It was a movie about some kids trying to save their home in a Pacific Northwest town, right? Well, and there was some adventure. I mean, they could probably do something in the spirit of it, but an actual sequel? Because well, uh, sequels are not rebates, re- rebates, remakes, or... Well, basically, Corey uh, Feldman... Uh, spoke to uh, MovieWeb about it, and he said, uh, "Richard Donner's eighty-seven. Nobody wants to make the movie without him. He's the driving force behind it. And every day that we don't make it, well, there's less chance that it's ever going to happen." Well, yeah, I mean, you gonna get Josh Josh Brolin to come back for it? Is he even big? Is he even still like important? Josh Brolin. Mm. I like Josh Brolin. The hell was the last movie he was even in? Men in Black Three. Either way, like Feldman's saying, every day that goes by is worse. So, eighty-seven years old. He said that I'm not Spielberg. I'm not Donner. I'm not Christopher Columbus. It's those guys that make the decision. So he's right. That's it. Yeah. It's like, because uh, they were talking about bad sequels and all these root, uh, reboots, unwanted sequels like Resurgence, Ghostbusters reboots. It's like, uh, if they would have made a Goonies sequel, would have tarnished the legacy. He's like, it could have been a bad backlash. Yeah. yeah, he talks about the magic and what are the odds of catching it in the bottle twice. Yeah. That's a good point. Like, I would want a sequel to Ghostbusters. I don't want what we're getting because, you know, I hate females. <laughs> so that was my sarcastic tone because yeah. that was not even the freaking – that had nothing, nothing to do with why I don't like that trailer. I'm not saying – the movie may turn out good. I don't know. I'm just saying I don't like the CGI. I'm allowed to not like the CGI. There's thing aesthetic appeal can turn me off to something. If I go and buy a new car, yeah, I'm not buying a minivan. I'm going to buy something that appeals to me aesthetically. That movie does not appeal to me aesthetically in the sense of special effects. On a thematic level, I do like the idea of um, Thor getting possessed. But as far as the way I heard the, the, the humor, it's, it's one-liners. 
and slapstick, which yeah. there was a subtle humor about the first Ghostbusters. It had a few moments that were kind of in your face, but that's what I don't like about the new Ghostbusters um, trailer is that it's so in your face with its attempts at humor. I don't like mm-hmm. films like that. I, I rarely watch no. anything that has a trailer like this. And when I do, I usually don't like the movie unless it's got Jean-Claude Van Damme in it, and then all things are forgiven. See, I like the special effects in the new Ghostbusters. But I, 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 I don't know. It's so weird. All these years, everybody hollered about, man, special effects will get so much better. It's going to look real. It's going to look real. And the more real it looks, the more I dislike it. I don't know. You just, I don't like the CGI in the new Ghostbusters. It just doesn't sit well with it. I don't, hey, a, it's just an aesthetic thing. Yeah. I mean, I just like the way – now, whether or not it works for Ghostbusters, that's different because I don't consider this a Ghostbusters film. I just like the way it looked. Mm-hmm. That's as far fine. as as far as what somebody setting off fireworks here, now the way that it uh, the humor in this Ghostbusters film, no, I don't like it. No, and I, I watched the clip. I just like, no, nah, it's not my humor. Did you hear the new Ghostbusters theme from Missy Elliott and oh. some guy that uh, it doesn't really matter what your name is, bro. In fact, it's better that nobody knows your name's attached to this project. No, no, I didn't listen to it. Paul, you have to listen to it. I'm not going to waste the bandwidth on it. You have to waste about 15 or 20 seconds of bandwidth, and that's all it takes to realize that it's the most maddeningly terrible sound that your ears shall ever hear. The horror of... I, dude, it is it is unreal how terrible that song is. I'm going to listen to some horrible shit tomorrow if that fucking opening act we're going to have to listen to. Yeah, it's like it's okay. Tyler, something and the something. It doesn't matter. This is the only thing that matters is that we're going to watch Guns N' Roses. Yeah. That's all that matters. So, so next we week we're going to give us a, but they would have a very one more fucking night. Yeah. So next week, tune in for a very rare concert. Um, I'm not going to call it a review, but uh, this is my first ever concert I've been to. I've just never been to a concert. I've always wanted to go. I've just never been to one. So I'm going to go to one. It's going to be an interesting experience. So. The Kaijus are back. Scott creamed the pants when he heard the news. I know. Oh, my gosh. It's so excellent to hear this news. February 23rd, 2018. I don't know if I can wait that long. John Boyega and... Clint Eastwood's boy will be starring in uh, Stephen S. D. Knight's Pacific Rim 2. Now listen here, Latina Review. You sons of bitches. Specifically Mario Francisco Robles. No, Let me tell Kevin, you something. Kevin Chavez wrote this. Well, I see a guy on LRM. That's the guy at the top that posted it. And well, I'm a... Kevin Chavez wrote this, so... I'm looking at LRM. The source is deadline. That must be where this guy you're talking about is. The little guy that put it on um, LRM is Mario Robles. And here's his freaking title, guys. Here's his clickbait title. Eastwood to join Boyega in Pacific Rim 2. Oh, that's the other article. My fucking jeans, dude. I had a rise in my Levi's. Big time. 
because I'm like, holy shit, Clint Eastwood's going to be in freaking Pacific Rim too. And no, it's Scott Eastwood. So you could have said son of Eastwood. You could have said Scott Eastwood to join Boyega, Boyega in Pacific Rim too. But no, 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 you, you clickbaited and suckered me in with Eastwood to join Boyega. So let me again just save everybody the effort. Don't give these guys any of your ad money by clicking on this article. Find another one for you guys. So anyways, you should have ad block running anyways. Um, I, I've never watched him in anything. He's in Suicide Squad, and he's in Pacific Rim 2, and he's going to be in Fast 8. So, can a guy act? Uh, I don't know. I mean, that's really important. John Boyega is playing... Um, Elba's son. Damn, he's been in a lot of movies. Who, Eastwood? Yeah. Um, he's born in 86. His original, he was born Scott Reeves. Now he's Scott Eastwood. Uh, he was in You Got Served, Flags of Our Fathers, uh, Gran Torino. Wait, You Got Served? Who did you play in that? Steve Mixer? I don't, I've never watched You Got Served because the aesthetic doesn't appeal to me. <laughs> Um, I didn't watch You Got Served because there's females in it. Oh, yeah, I didn't. Uh, Let's see. uh, Invictus. I mean, he's got some other movies. I'm just kind of naming the things that kind of stick out there. He was in Fury, Texas Chainsaw 3D. And then he's got, then he has Suicide Squad, Overdrive, Fast 8, and Live. Wait, you saw Fury? You watched Fury? Yeah, I don't recall him. Mm. I'm thinking maybe it was more of a small role as Sergeant Miles. Huh. Oh, well. Oh, well. I guess you'll find out. See what he looks like in Fury. Maybe I'll... And apparently, they are still making Underworld films. Underworld Blood Wars gets bumped to next year. Originally, it was going to come out around Halloween, but now it's coming out in the great season of January. Don't know why, but it's been bumped to the dead zone. So, (laughs) they're bringing Kate Beckinsale back, I guess. Yeah, just to backtrack just a hair here, it does not look like uh, Eastwood was that important. Uh, he was not one of the main cast. But he did say that Shia LaBeouf was a nightmare to work with. Huh? Not a surprise. So anyways, back to the current story. Yeah, um... How many of these fucking movies are they going to make? Are they still even making money? They must be. Um, 
Okay, I'm like an ace. Four films have grossed $460 million worldwide. That's it. Oh, wow. What an idiot. I'm sorry. Scott Eastwood. (laughs) Um, Here's his quote on Shia LaBeouf. Oh, yeah, complete pain in the ass. It's too bad he's a great great actor, but he's shitting his career away. (laughs) Well, we almost got into a fist fight. I was in the middle of a scene with Brad Pitt and chewing tobacco. He wasn't even in the scene, but he got it into his acting mind that he didn't like what I was doing. So he said I couldn't be spitting tobacco on his tank. He told me to clean it up. I pretty much told him to fuck off. And Brad Pitt had to break it up. It was kind of funny, but I don't get his deal. He wants to be a tough guy, I guess. So that's freaking hilarious. So um, that is pretty. That is pretty funny. Sounds like he's like his dad. He tells it like it is, or anything to get noticed, right? Huh? Yeah. There you go. So Underworld. Uh, let's see here. Let's just do a little bit of. Uh, Underworld, I'm betting they're making money on like box office and syndication. Not shit, not box office, but um, DVDs and rentals and stuff like that. Maybe. Because if it's not making money, they're not going to keep making it. They might give them a couple shots and then they're like, you know what? Screw this. So there's been four of them so far. Uh,. No, six. Six? Oh, I'm just looking at uh, Box Office Mojo. It's only showing four. Well, there's going to be six total, I guess. There's five. Okay. So, Underworld, Lycans, Evolution, Awakening, and Blood Wars. So, adjusted for inflation, uh, the highest grossing one would be Evolution at 81 million. And each one made. No, the last one dropped. So Evolution... Okay, so the first one made $73 million, And then the second one made $81 million. This is adjusted for inflation. The third one only made $54 million, But the last one that came out made $68 million. So I don't know what they're... And then their worldwide gross is 160 million for the first one. Um, it doesn't say what the budget is, but I mean, if the budget's only 40 or 50 million, every one of them has made some money, right? Yeah, because so. they said that they're working on a sixth film, so there's five now, with one coming out in January, and they're also working on a sixth. The last one has the highest worldwide gross. It made 160 million. Awakening. Yeah, the last one that came out. So it it 2012. Yeah, it almost doubled the previous two of the other movies. Almost doubled two of the previous movies. I say that. So that's probably what it is. I that say that gross matters. It was in 3D. And probably saw a wider release. You got the emerging Chinese market and all that stuff. So say they're hoping with. China, they're making it so. Mm, it did not come out in China. It didn't. Underworld Awakening did not come out in China and made 160 million worldwide in adjusted dollars for four years. <sighs> this so is that's, 
Read in internet, internet, people. 97 million foreign total. 12 million out of Russia. So, huh. Huh. that was its biggest overseas market. Russia? Brazil, Australia, yeah. I guess I can see that. Mexico, 7 million. Was it like filmed in Russia? No. No. I say it's probably filmed in Vancouver. Or Soundstage. So, yeah, that's interesting that the last movie's worldwide gross was such a jump. 3D had a lot to do with it, but I'm not going to set and crunch numbers on the other releases on the show, but yeah, I, I'm going to assume that it's probably just gotten wider releases plus 3D boost. So, But I don't know how much 3D is in other countries. I know it's big in America, and its adjusted gross was okay. It was $81 million. No, it was it was only sixty eight million adjusted gross in America. So three D didn't seem like it was a big bump to this movie. Yeah, I don't think it's going to do much this time either. They're averaging almost seventy million a pop. But if they're making them for under seventy million, and that's their average, what the hell do they care? Yeah, because it, it it adds to the bottom line. Worldwide average one hundred fourteen million. Spider Man Homecoming. Some pictures were. Of Spidey out in his costume, same costume. They haven't changed it. Looks like so. he's scratching his balls in one picture. Yeah, probably. Or probably he's probably that, adjusting. I'm I'm sure that outfit's <laughs> not very comfortable. No, it could not be. <laughs> uh, um, in comic book news, Steve Rogers, Captain America number two. All you fuckers out there who said, I'm never reading Captain America again. It was like the most pre-ordered comic book out this month. So, uh, you lying motherfuckers. Anyway. That's a fact. Yeah. Not going to get in spoilers about it, but, uh, well, we told you so. Anyway. On to the wrestling news. No NWA this week. Why? Because there was, if there was an episode this week, it was not posted. We're going to return to form on that, but Disney World and college kind of got in the way this last couple of weeks, but we're going to get back on the NWA bandwagon. As far as the last like three weeks that we didn't do, um, Ole Anderson returned to the Horseman. Um, Magnum got the belt, USA title, stripped from him. He knocked the shit out of Bob Geigel. There's going to be a best of seven series in the Great American Bash. Dusty and the Road Warriors are now the six-man tag team champions. And that's about it. There you go. You're caught up. There you go. You're caught up. Um, and a bunch of uh, props got squashed. Yep. <laughs> so you're 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 caught yeah. up. Just and blame Slick Rick for telling me Space Mountain was so awesome. I had to go find out for myself. Yep. And next week, he was correct. Episode. I've, I've watched that. It's going to be uh pretty good. So Scott is going to, with the exception of one match, 
is going to finish off his uh, review of Dominion. I wish I had the date, but Dominion from 2016. All right. Well, Will Osprey and Kushida. Um, I'm I'm kind of struggling to pick a favorite match out of this event, but it's down to Will Osprey's match with Kushida and Yuji Nagata versus Katsuyori Shibata. Yeah. Um, Osprey versus Kushida for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, that was a really really good match, and the uh, I kept thinking Osprey was going to go over. I thought he's going to win this. He's got this. And uh, I was kind of surprised by the finish because the the build, it looked like Osprey was going to be the guy to take him down. And then it just kind of went the other way. I won't say it was a surprise finish, but definitely I didn't think the match was leaning that way. And uh, the technical, which, I mean, if you guys are familiar with New Japan or Will Osprey and this, this <laughs> Kushida fella, you know that they are amazing. There you go. Take a drink. And you know that they are technically just above and beyond most of the other people. I, I've, this is the first time I think I've seen Kishida. And if I've seen him before, he wasn't yeah, he wasn't up to his level in the other matches that he was this I time. I think you may have seen him in like a tag match or something, so he didn't get the shine. Yeah, well, he, he was shining. Like, he was, he was suntanning the people in that room, okay? Um, I like, and if you've heard the show, you know that I've said that I'm, I love MMA. I love jujitsu. I love the submission game, but the way that most of the guys are translating MMA type submissions into wrestling is I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, because you make it look too much like UFC and not enough like wrestling. You know, I know a figure four, actually does in fact hurt like the blue blazes, but I know that the odds of getting someone in that technique, especially anybody that can wrestle is extremely limited in real life. So, but because it's wrestling and there's the story being told, I can have that suspension of disbelief. When I see O'Reilly put someone down and it looks like I'm watching an MMA match, it totally, it breaks that for me. I, I, I don't know. It's just, it's just a peeve of mine. And when I watch Kushida do a bunch of MMA moves, uh, Kimuras and arm bars and triangles and arm bars from the triangle, uh, it flowed naturally and it looked like it fit wrestling. And he made a show out of a couple moves that I think the that O'Reilly misses in his pure technical perfection of executing what looks like a textbook submission hold. Whereas Kashida adds the drama to it. I mean, he's putting the spacing, the posturing, everything. It just works better for me out of Kashida. And I've always said, I've not been a huge fan of watching that style. And not that that's really Kashida's style, but those elements were heavy in his game tonight. And it was great. It was fantastic. So Will Osprey again, Guy can move, guy can flippy flop. Um, at least until he runs into, you know, a little uh, fucking armbar. It's uh, I know there's a certain uh, Leon White that's got a uh, calendar date marked that says it's Vader time. Yeah. So and he's going to smash Will Osprey into the ground, rightfully so. Um, but yeah, Will Osprey, Kashida, that this this match was it was it was so good. 
It was so good. If you watch one match from this, it's going to be this match or Nagata. This one's a lot flashier than Nagata's, but Nagata's match is pretty amazing. Damn it. Take another drink. Mm. So I don't remember. What was the finish? I need a thesaurus. Uh, it was a Kimura lock. Yeah. That's a that step over chicken wing, step over hanger, uh, hammer lock, I guess, if you don't know what a Kimura is. You uneducated bastard. <laughs> um, well, I mean, you're uh, giving the review. You got to tell the guys what the finish was. Yeah, my, my mistake. Um, yeah. Uh, Briscoes versus the Gurials of Destiny. The Gorillas. The Gorillas. Not my fucking fault. Autocorrect motherfucker. What word is gorilla? Gurials? Guri- I was like, I knew something was off. I was like, no, that's not who I watched. Um, gorillas of Destiny. There, you know, there's tag match for the title. Um, this match had, to me, it had a lot of the good elements of the Nagata match. Actually, there was some real heavy duty, heavy techniques in this one. And yeah, there was a lot of acrobatics. There was a lot of uh, athleticism, but there were some power moves in this, and I mean, it was a really good match. The Briscoes are winning me over big time. Um, I think I can get over the aesthetic because they're they're showmanship. They're they're good. They're very good, and their in ring ability is top notch. Uh, the Grills definitely were pretty good too. I mean, you, if they don't do their job, the Briscoes don't shine near as much either. Um, it was a good match. Very good match. Um, is it what I would consider if I was going to watch two or three off of this, I had to watch this one? No, but it was really good. And definitely the finish was a Road Warriors finish. It was a, He stacked him up, held him for about six minutes. <laughs> and then the, finally he was like, oh, yeah, we got to do our spot. Um, actually, it was just a drawn-out spot. And he did the flying clothesline off the top rope, backflip the guy, and then pinned him. Doomsday device. Yeah, it was doomsday device. So it was it was pretty awesome. Yeah, uh, Haku boys didn't make it. No, they did not. Um, but it's uh, Ring of Honor guys went over. Yeah, they did good. Uh, let's see, Eugene Gata versus Katsuyori Shibata. Oh, um, Shibata and the. Uh, the old man who was a star for beating the shit out of people needs to get the fuck out of the way from the new guy who beats the shit out of people match. That's that. That's in fact true. Yeah, for the <laughs> Neverweight Open title. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much padding is in those uh, um, shin guards they wear. Um, but I know that I have taken full-powered kicks like that un- without the pads on to the thigh and to the chest um, and squealed like a bitch. So yeah. uh, I know they have pads on, but I wonder just how good those pads are. They have to be pretty solid because I've been kicked with like people have worn shin protectors and padded. That stuff still hurts like the blue blazes. It can still knock the wind out of you. It can still knock you out. Yeah. Um, so the fact that I'm sure they're dialing it back at some point and it's just very hard to catch. But they, I'm impressed at the the hard shots these guys were taking. Yeah. Um, I forgot what show it was where Shibata got beat by uh, Nagata, and so Shibata's been trying to get he Shibata has beaten all the old fucks over the last couple of months, but for some reason he can't beat this old fucker. 
And so he's been pissed off for months trying to beat this old man. What was the finish on this one? Um, I'm drawing a blank. I'm sorry. He he does his uh, standard finisher where he just kicks the shit out of him. Okay. Oh, the running kick to the face. Yeah, I forgot what he calls the finish. Yeah, that was the finish. It was it, was, it kind of surprised me considering they had a lot of stiff moves and then it just bam that came out of nowhere and he got the pin. It was kind of a surprising pin. pin. So. But that's his finish. Okay, I didn't know that. So in it the middle of the match, they right got into this. Face. Yeah, they did. They did some submission stuff and took their breaks and stuff. But the um, they got into this where they were exchanging manu- maneuvers and. They were doing the suplexes back and forth and a few other slams, Russian leg sweep, or I don't think it's a Russian leg sweep when it goes the direction he went. What's it called? Um, Russian leg sweep, you hook it up and you go backwards. What's the one called when you go forward? Oh, that's the um, – that's basically like the skull crushing finale. Okay. Yeah, and, I mean, they did that. They went back and forth, and that was a really awesome exchange, and they traded kicks, and it, it was good. So – the energy and the intensity of this match, to me, probably ekes out a hair over the athleticism of the Osprey and Kushida match. I'm going to have to go with probably liking the Gata match about 0.1 decimal points more than the Osprey and the Kushida. So if you can only watch one match, go ahead and make time and watch two. <laughs> <laughs> and watch these two fight, these two matches. Um, this one had drama. This had the drama. This, this I, had the old man and, and the young lion. Yes, gosh, it was, and it was thick. The crowd they had the they had the most crowd reaction. Like some of the other matches, there was like quiet moments. Like I thought I was watching, which I talked about in the last podcast about how quiet the Japanese typically are versus American or British audiences for wrestling. And then I see Nagata, and it made me realize how quiet the other matches actually have been. I mean, there was a lot of, you know, people exclaiming, yelling out, one, two, threes, things like that. But Nagata and Shibata kept the crowd in it almost the entire time. You had a, it's like a generation of, of fans fighting each other, the young generation, the old generation. That's exactly what you had. And you know people were just hoping the older guys were like, come on, Nagata, pull it off. And I'm familiar on the, in the loosest term available with uh, Nagata. Um, I remember him vaguely. Didn't he show up in WCW for a little bit and feud with one of the luchador guys? Uh, I don't quite remember, but I know he Nagata. He some of the pay-per-views, wasn't he? Maybe. Well, he just stuck out to me for some reason. He's been around a long time. Yeah. So let's 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 wiki old Nagata. You can you can go on to the next one if you remember it. Well, I, I gotta. I it's it's driving me nuts, man. He was in. Yeah, he was in WCW for a while. Okay, here it is. Halloween Havoc. He he was feuding with Ultimo Dragon, and rematched at WCW World War Three. So he he made the appearances. Yeah, nineteen ninety seven. He was there. Yeah. Okay. 
So, um, and then he fought Dean Malenko a couple times. They won the tournament for the World Tag Team Championship to face the champions, but weren't able to win the title in their subsequent title match. So, yeah, he was there. Okay, I knew I. I mean, I knew his name outside of WCW, but just because of his reputation. Um, but yeah, I did did vaguely remember that. So Eugene Nagata, dude, he it's like watching a Japanese. Um, you you kind of think that the Nagata's might have gotten ripped off by Ken Shamrock, possibly, <laughs> <laughs> or vice versa. Not as the whole package, but a lot of their in the ring spots were very similar. So. Um, it looked like Ken Shamrock wearing freaking purple tights when he was throwing suplexes. It's just, it's a superficial, it's a very, very superficial. Um, let me, let me break this back. I need to take a huge step back on this Ken Shamrock comment. It does not look a bit like Nagata wrestles like Ken Shamrock or vice versa, but their suplexes are extremely similar in their profile, their short stocky build and the way they throw them. That's it. That's the only thing I meant to say. Cause Ken Shamrock, he he did his thing, but he pales in comparison to what I saw out in Nagata. Big time. Uh, and the last one I caught, uh, yeah. Um, oh, now Paul wants to talk. No, well, this uh, Shibata goes over Nagata. And gets oh yeah, the, the end. Yes, yeah, Shibata gets the gets the win, and then all the old fuckers who were at ringside go in there and. Nagata shakes hands with Shibata, and yeah. he gives him. He passes the torch down to Shibata as the new ass kicker of New Japan. Yeah, Shibata does a flying punt kick, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and then Shibata I, he he bows to Nagata and, and shows respect. So, yeah, all's good. All's right with the world. Um, ladder match, first uh, ever in New Japan. New Japan, Michael Elgin. Uh, it was supposed to be Hiroshi Tanahashi, but he fucked up his shoulder. And Kenny Omega, the champ. Um, championship. Kenny Omega is really good. Hell yeah, he's really good. I'm gonna say they make great great wrestlers. I think Elgin outshined him. Well, he had to. He's he's in there working for his boy Tanahashi. Yeah, but he outshined him. He for a power guy. His it's just like Nagata, the energy he brings to the ring. It's like a Kevin Owens kind of thing. It's just there's a presence he has when he's in the ring, and it, it was palpable. Um, it, it just and, and and just a real quick shout out to Omega. That is one strong motherfucker. Yeah, when he power bombed him on that, I that was a very slow, non explosive lift. He to get him up, flexed that motherfucker. He, up. he picked him up like he was. It made me think of the old video on. I think it was Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, and Mister Perfect was on there. Yeah, and he was wrestling with a log by himself, but the log was about twenty four inches in diameter, and he's rolling it like he holds it like he bear hugs it, picks it up, turns it around behind his back, reaches behind his back with his free hand, and pulls it around. Okay, maybe it wasn't 24 inches, but it was a huge, heavy log. And, hell, 20 would definitely work. And I remember thinking, 
how freakishly strong Kurt Henning actually is. I mean, I knew he was a strong big dude, but he wasn't like 6'5 or 6'6 like a lot of these other wrestlers. Yeah. You know what I mean? But wow, what strength and endurance. And that's what I see out of Elgin. And that's what I see specifically out of Kenny Omega to slowly without – I mean, his hips weren't even really under him. And that's a big deal. He's going to have low back problems. We'll go ahead and just set them with strong. He is amazingly strong for his appearance, which I know it's not about muscle size. It's about my muscle connection. Have you worked those fibers and programmed your central nervous system to pull with as much efficiency as possible? That's a guy that freaking lifts religiously and does it with efficiency. That that's what makes a good power lifter, good strength uh, lifter. And wow, that efficiency to do that. I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, literally my jaw hang, was hanging open when I watched that. I was like, what a freakishly strong dude. So Kenny Omega, thumbs up, bro. That is yeah. awesome. Um, the lift of the week goes to Kenny Omega. <laughs> damn straight, man, to slowly just wrench that dude up. And no real, no assistance, really. I mean, he, he just muscled him up, turned him around real slow. Yeah. I mean, the only, it wasn't like he hopped into it. The only assistance was, you know, probably keeping his body tense so he could manipulate him, but he never jumped into it. it was well, just, even if he did, he stopped halfway. He still yeah, had to he pick him up. He stopped halfway and then had to restart, which is even harder than just starting from the bottom and going all the way to the top. I mean, he, he it was great. So, Plus guys, if you appreciate thing. strong motherfuckers, yeah. Kenny Omega's your bro. Yeah. Um, That's why he's in the elite. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so you get. Now, this is a ladder match. Jesus Christ, this was a long-ass match. Uh, it, it was a good match, but it felt longer than it should have been. Well, it was like the um, the Shawn Michaels-Razor Ramon ladder match. It started yeah. with a legitimate good wrestling match, and they threw in a ladder instead of all being About the damn ladders. For ladders. Yeah. With that new word I learned last week, spot monkeying, spot monkey off the ladder. Bunch of spot monkeys. That's what uh, Jim Cornette referred to as the uh, the young bucks. He called them vanilla spot monkeys who will never draw a dime in this business. So that's why they wear the Jim Cornette shirts. Yeah, he he's not fans of the young bucks because when he used to book uh, ROHs, the young bucks were there. So I wonder these guys that are bitching about the Young Bucks are contributing to their popularity. Yep. They're making the Young Buck product better than it really is. And I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying they're adding another layer to their product. Yeah. The legitimacy of these old hats seeing this big threat. <laughs> Which <laughs> I agree with a lot of the criticisms. I, I I like the disrespectful attitude and the way they do it. I am already worn out with the coverage of the old spots, but whatever. They're amazing. Take a drink. And, you know, they play the crowd well, which is much more important than anything else they can do in a ring. So they're good, but it adds an extra layer. They're not without criticism, but it does add an extra layer to them when these guys are bitching about them and they're responding they're not even like when they tweet back, it's not like they're like, fuck you, bro, kick your ass in the street. They're they're very slick, smart, not entirely mean tweets back at these guys. And they're truthful. I mean, they're they they're they're playing their product very well. 
Yeah. Definitely, yeah. definitely top dogs in my eyes. Oh, yeah. So, um, not my favorites, but excellent. Of course, if I was watching this every week, they might have worn me out by now. You can't ignore <laughs> you can't ignore the young bucks. They're not going to let you. That's exactly that is it right there. They are freaking the communists of the wrestling world. <laughs> they are going to control your thoughts. You are going to think about the young bucks, whether you like them, love them, or hate them. Yeah. So that's that's it. Yeah. You guys, go ahead. You can steal that as a promo. Yeah. You're going to think about the Young Bucks, <laughs> whether you like us, love us, or hate us. But, yeah. Uh, Not that they'll ever listen. Michael Elgin stepped up. So, oh. over, overall, Kenny Omega decided to do a table spot in this match. Yeah, there was a couple of stupid bumps in this match. I'm going to go ahead and just say that there's putting your body on the line and there's just doing stuff that's going to cause you to fucking break a vertebrae. Even though he knew not to use those damn tables in Japan, he decided to do it anyway. Yeah, they didn't break. His he, spine took all of the force. He knew better. And the other thing, the short ladders are not the smartest thing to be the one your bumps on. Because when they're shorter like that, they give a lot more resistance before they break. But the saving grace is probably the metal trash cans. But when that power bomb happens, I'm like, that sh- that ladder is way too short. You're just asking for it. And it, it broke. That's good. Um, but the table spot was dumb. Uh, some of these power bombs I'm seeing them do on the apron are kind of, I think that, that was in the Briscoe's match. They power bombed one of the bald Briscoe. And there, there's some spots the I think the they might want to take out. And the I think apron. jumping on those, yeah, yeah. I think I think I think the power bombs against the apron, not flat on the apron, but where the corner of the apron is hitting the spine at a 45 degree angle. That's yeah. a stupid, stupid, stupid spot. That is that is that is ignorant. But I'm not a pro wrestler either, so yeah. the only time I ever took bumps, they were real bumps. Yeah. <laughs> Those that that just seems like a stupid career ending possibility when they do that bump. I don't I don't like that one. The um thematically it's cool. Yeah. The the spot I'm all for they have cheap ladders. they have cheap ass ladders in Japan. Let's just go ahead and say it. Yeah, we've seen – what was the pay-per-view for WWE and they threw the guy on a ladder and it just didn't even budge? <laughs> There's a couple of <laughs> Was that – was that um, – Money in the Bank? Was that – no, that was before that. This was a couple months back. Was that Cody Rhodes in that – it wasn't Cody Rhodes that took the bump, but it was – it was like – it was that match. Or was it the ladder match with Kevin Owens and um, – Was that WrestleMania? It might have been WrestleMania where they, they hit the ladder and it didn't really – it bent a very little bit, and I'm like that. And it was a high bump. They fell off a ladder that was stacked up real high outside think, the ring and went through another ladder, didn't I think they? that was WrestleMania. And it didn't even freaking break, right? I'd have to watch it again. Yeah. Yeah, I think they ought to make sure they they buy the yeah, cheap. I think that was WrestleMania where he got powerbombed onto the damn ladder. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I can't remember exactly who it was. Yeah. So there's 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 – 
There's there's some there's taking bumps, mm. and then there's Shane McMahon style of taking bumps. Yeah. It's just it's just not good for your longevity. Yeah, Japan where you get power bumped in the ladder and the damn ladder just snaps in two. Yeah, that's that's good. So. I did like that the spot where <laughs> Kenny Omega tried to climb up on the broken ladder and, and red shoes just looked at the ladder that was bent in half. It's like you cannot climb that ladder. That ladder is not going to go anywhere. No. Yeah. But um and of course it would not be a Kenny Omega match without well, the young bucks back appearing. Up, back up one step. I'm pretty sure that when he set that ladder up, he was giggling. <laughs> and he was trying to make it look like a grimace, but twice it was very clear that he was laughing at the ladder spot. So yeah, Kenny Omega was not maintaining composure, guys. He did. I mean, he did a pretty good job. He, he's, he, I'll give him a ninety-five percent on maintaining it, but you could see it crack. The facade <laughs> broke. Yeah. And young Bucks came out there and they started beat. Well, it's no disqualification. Nothing you can do. They came out there. They tied up um, Michael Elgin, handcuffed him. That way, their boy could climb up the ladder. I forgot who else came out there on the New Japan roster to try to make sure that uh, Kenny could. Uh, well, they tried to save Michael, and it was a super kick after super kick. And then finally, Elgin said, Fuck this shit. He broke free, did the Power Man spot. Yeah. And then he climbed the, he climbed the ladder and got it. Climbed the ladder. Run by damn run. The crowd was fucking hot. Yeah, they were. Hey, and then Michael snatched the belt and won. Got finally got the IC belt. Good for Michael because that's what he wanted. He wouldn't sign with re-sign with ROH because he wanted to go to New Japan. And for months he didn't have a contract with anybody. He was just kind of taking bookings with ROH in, in New Japan, and then finally he got a one- or two-year deal with uh, New Japan. And then there you go. But this was supposed to be Tanahashi's match. I don't know if Tanahashi was going to win the IC title, but hey, there you go. Michael Elgin, new IC champ. He was good. Of course, Scott did not get to watch the Okada and Naito match. Wasn't the Okada and Naito's best match? But there was a major swerve in this match. Everybody thought that upcoming in the G1 tournament, Okada was going to be the odds-on favorite to win this. And once you win this you pretty much will go on to face, well, you'd be at the main event at the uh, Tokyo Dome. Well, there was a swerve. Okada win. Yeah, Okada won this match. Naito dropped the strap. So Okada is now the champ again. So that pretty much ruined everybody's fantasy booking for the Tokyo Dome next year for Okada versus Naito. It was about a three and three four stars match. So, ah, 
Not quite sure what's going to happen at the uh, G1 tournament next. Is it later this month it starts? Yeah. So, possibly Naito might win that, so you may still get Naito versus Okada in January. Don't know. But the G1 tournament should be pretty good. What would you think would happen if New Japan made a big push and got on a major cable network in America? Well, it would be pretty interesting because that's the first time they would actually have a TV show in years. They haven't had one since, I think, like the 90s. Um, Especially if they could get some of the recent talent, you know, like a takeover, like WCW style. <laughs> Worst case scenario, they fold financially and WWE buys out New Japan. Hmm. Um, I think if considering that they have a working agreement with ROH, it would be f- fucking phenomenal. I think it would be pretty awesome. You know what it would probably become do. the number two promotion in America. Yeah. The other thing is, would it push WWE to try something different, something new? Because WWE doesn't really have competition. And without competition, products stagnate. It would definitely make their SmackDown second brand look like shit. It, it would show that it is exactly the same product on a different channel. I mean, on a different time. Yep. I mean, it, it's it's well, it's just a different brand. No, it's not Vince. It's the exact same fucking program on a different day. Yep. That's that's your problem. It's not like if if. Like who is it? Pepsi and and uh, Diet Pepsi. It's the same fucking thing. That's why. That's all Raw and SmackDown is. I, you know, I don't know how much it would have worked. And I know he did some WCW type stuff briefly after the acquisition. But what if instead of the SmackDown thing, you would have had like WWE one night, WCW on another night, and then you had the occasional crossover. You know, like you talk about how Brock Lesnar shows up and it's effective because he only does it a few times a year. Yeah. Right? Because his entering product is really not that good, in my opinion. But because he's sold as this invincible monster, his package is impressive. Yeah. Not his junk. His, <laughs> his overall, his when, overall, what yeah. he brings to the table. When he shows up, you know shit's about to go down. Yeah, exactly. And if you could have maintained that and occasionally switched stars from one roster to the next and kept more of the WCW style of wrestling and storytelling um, versus what was formerly the Attitude Era. But, you know, keep those two programs and then, you know, once a quarter or six, seven times a year on a pay-per-view, have the big names go at it, you know, build up to a big match in WrestleMania, you know, do a – a unification heavyweight bout once in a while and then have the title split back up under dramatic circumstances like people getting stripped, fired. You know what I mean? Things like that. You know, I wonder what that would have looked like. Well, that's you why had- ECW didn't work because it was, wasn't was ECW. It was right. total shit. That's just like the WCW thing. It wasn't WCW. Yeah. So. NXT works because it it's is NXT. Completely, NXT is completely different than WWE because Triple H runs it like it – 
it's WCW. <laughs> That's exactly what I think when I watch it. I, I see that as an evolution of what I saw out of WCW. So, yeah. I mean. It's WCW Saturday night. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah. it's definitely definitely a good product. Problem is, though, it's a farm team, so you get yeah. tied it's into in- uh, no people, and then, well, they'll be gone in about six, seven months. They'll be on the main roster. I wonder what WWE is going to look like in 10 years. Well, Vince will be dead, and Hunter and Steph will be running it. Hopefully, Hunter will get divorced from Steph, and Hunter will have the whole promotion to himself. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, best case scenario. Yeah. They, uh, I'm looking out for you, Hunter. Yeah, I remember, I, remember us, the ones who I, were there for you from the beginning. It's just remember just that we were in Huntington in 1990. Like whenever, when was WrestleMania 12? 96. 96. We were the only two people at the Huntington Civic Center who were cheering for you. And we said, Hunter, look, fans, and you looked up for us. Yeah, remember us. We were there. You could smell the love. Yeah, you were the only two people who liked you in that arena. People were looking at us funny. They were looking at us like we were nuts for even 96, March 31st. They were looking at us like we were nuts for even rooting for him. And, uh, I mean, we were like, Hunter, Hunter. I mean, we were totally, what's we were the totally phrase you actually, Hunter. yeah, marking out. Um, we were freaking the hell out because Hunter Selmsley was in the in the ring. <laughs> So again, Hunter, also don't ever forget that this is what I said about 2010. <laughs> Me and Paul were talking, and I said, you know what, Paul? I always knew Hunter Hearst Helmsley was going to be the shit. I just never expected him to turn into shit. <laughs> <laughs> so whoever's feud with him next, you can have that too for a promo. Um, yeah, I was, I was shocked. Hey, I mean, he's went up and down. But there was a time I couldn't stand to watch him. It was just I so think generic. that was the, the screw job. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, I was in the uh, a, a bookstore the other day, and they had some WWE figures, and they have the King of the Terminators Triple H figure. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty neat. I thought that was a pretty cool intro myself, but it was right. WrestleMania. It was pretty big and stupid. Yeah, I love Terminator. Was the other day Genesis was getting ready to come out? Two or three days ago was the twenty fifth anniversary of Terminator Two. Yeah, that'd be that'd be correct. It was July of um, ninety one. Yeah, just reminding our audience how old we all are. Well, sixty four is twenty years old. The Nintendo sixty four. Yeah. So, I have a. Uh, I got that day one, didn't we? Regular Nintendo over here that I've had since for twenty seven years. <laughs> Still gets played on a semi regular basis, at least once a week, twice a week, maybe more. Depends on what I've bought, and uh, it's still kicking strong. Super Nintendo, I'm rocking twenty five years. Still kicking strong, still running like a beast. Super Nintendo, still one of the best systems ever. Yeah, and then I've had three Xbox 60s, and I swore I swore I'd never actually spend money on another one, and my wife surprised me with a Star Wars edition. 
So, um, but I had three that died, one that was repaired. Then I got another refurbished unit sent back to replace. Uh, both of those lasted two months. PS3 had maybe 50 to a hundred hours on the disc drive and it died. Um, I was just, you know, whatever. The seventh generation was a bunch of junk. Yeah. Oh, there is one piece of game news I should say. Street Fighter V, the the uh, cinematic story mode that did finally come out. So the game's, I guess, somewhat complete now. So there you go. It's um, it's not as good as Mortal Kombat's cinematic. Um, of course, honestly, they just ripped off Enter the Dragon. So be that as it may. I haven't quite finished it yet. I still have one chapter to go. Which one's that? Street Fighter Five. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to buy in soon. I think. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I got. I got to see it for myself. Yeah, well, I guess it's complete now, so you can. That's that's the final piece of the puzzle I was waiting on. Yeah. And it's okay. Shameful. It is. But that will do it for us. We are done now. So we will be back next week with NWA. And I don't know what we're going to do when they start doing their... um, Brand split, bullshit. Two pay-per-views a month. I don't think we're going to be worrying about that shit. No. Unless something fucking major happens, I'm not going yeah, to Yeah, WWE is going to have to drastically improve their product for me to be we, really concerned about it. Yeah. I think we'll just stick to the major ones. I'm not saying there's not people working that I... There's some good ones. Some really, really good ones. Yeah, unless but, it's like... You know, they're being versus John Cena, something like that. We'll, we'll do those matches, but uh, I mean, unless we get some emails or something saying, What the fuck? <laughs> but we'll stick to like New Japan and RH shows. I mean, and I wouldn't want to do it every week again because we're too time constrained. I am, yeah, I'm, I'm taking. I'd love to do this and I'm definitely enjoying every minute of it, but I'm having to really set aside time and lose sleep in order to do the show, which I love it. I don't want to change anything, but I don't want to add a whole bunch of stuff, but occasionally I wouldn't care. Maybe we could pick a classic WWE match or WCW match or WCCW match or something to cover, you know, just one match, not a whole event, you know, some of these legendary things and kind of talk about them a little bit. Yeah, Cause nothing, nothing satisfies like nostalgia. Yeah, we can find a Frank Gotch match to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not that classic. Um, I don't know some of the good stuff off of like some of the old Clash of Champions things like that. Uh, yeah, we have any anniversaries coming up of any of these huge matches? I mean, we're definitely passing sort of WrestleMania anniversary. We got some SummerSlam. Anniversary is coming up. So, yeah. Well, we can pick a good match off something like that. 
Yeah, but we also got the G1 coming up, so that's going to be very time-consuming. Yeah. That takes up all summer. And we got the... Oh, fuck. We got the... um, Cruiserweight Classic coming up, too. That's gone. Yeah. Fuck. Got with that. All right. We're going to be busy for a while. But that is it. We will be back next week. So you people enjoy yourselves. Have a good time. And if there's no riots at the Guns N' Roses show, we will be back next week. So goodbye. Later. Later.